go to the bathroom. Welcome to Dads Being Dads, episode 231, where I still have not solved my snowblower dilemma. He's Randy, I'm Jason, but the good news is we haven't gotten any snow either. Tonight. Rain. We're on the cusp. I was just speaking with the DPW, as you were asking. The Department of Personal Welfare? (laughs) Yeah, Public Works. Oh. And, uh... They're on high alert about these things, right? So he's, uh, he's while I'm meeting with him in this evening about snow removal items. Is his phone blown up? He's, he's got, he's got <laughs> alerts coming in from various weather services because they have to strategize, you know? It's like, uh, it's not just like, oh, it's snowed, we got to do some work. It's like, what is the timing, right? Is it going to cut over to rain? When is it going to cut over to rain? What time should we start? What time should we finish? What kind of equipment should we run? Who should we call in? Is it going to freeze after it rains? When do we salt? Is that going to wash away? They got to go through all these. Whoa. So you get the inside scoop? Well, you can imagine it. I mean, I kind of do the same thing. I follow the weather to figure out when should I go out, right? When should I run the snowblower? You know from this last storm that it, it happened on a Sunday, Saturday night and a Sunday. And if you didn't clear that snow on Sunday, Monday, the temperature dropped to like minus 10 or some craziness. Yeah. And it all turned to just rock, rock yep. solid snow. Yeah. No way you were moving that stuff. Nope. After Sunday. So you had to do it. And I knew that was going to happen. I'm looking at the weather going, this needs to be removed today. Because Monday, it's staying put. And then and then it went up to like 90 degrees and rain for a couple of days. So yeah. crazy times we live in. Oh, oh, look yeah, at this. Little, we uh, got, but it looks snow. like it's, uh, yeah, I, I says snow flurries. So I'm looking here. It says snow flurries until, uh, it's supposed to get warmer all night. Snow flurries yeah. until midnight, and then it's going to be rain for three hours. I mean, that's the good news, right? With all this, uh, climate change stuff. We're, uh, I don't know, because now we get the no. Arctic. I don't think it's good news. Things dipping. Well, our snow removal budgets are, don't need them. <laughs> That's not true because February last year was brutal and uh, March was pretty bad too, if I remember right. But it'll stop snowing here eventually. That rain line's gonna just gonna keep moving further. Down. I don't think so because it's it's aren't they saying I'm not a big chi- I'm not a big climate change guy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's shocking. I'm not a denier either. Uh, yeah, no, you're one of those. Uh, it's, I'm in the middle of the road on everything, people. Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to disagree with no matter what. I'm not disagreeing with says. No, I'm not disagreeing that climate change is happening. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> on that. <laughs> oh, what do you got there? Mm, apple juice. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, no, because I think, what, what are we seeing? We're seeing like bigger swings, right? Of, bigger so swings. The, yeah. The people that are saying like, oh, it's so warm. It's so warm. So, pff, so much for climate change. Or well, those people global are warming. You mean it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. You mean the president? The people? Uh, 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 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. In summer when it's like, you know, 70 degrees. So much for global warming. Um, yeah, but it, the, the, we're seeing like it's like going to be negative 30 in Chicago or something tomorrow. Or is that today? Yeah, that's because they're getting one of these weird polar Arctic vortex or whatever it's called. Polar, polar, polar vortex. vortex Chicago. Yeah. Uh, yes. The swings are dramatic, but overall the planet is warmer. That's just a fact. Yeah, and Australia is like on fire right now. Are you, you mean literal fire, or is it just no? Like, like you will catch fire if you were living in Australia. Wait, why would I catch fire? I mean, I'm seeing it like the, there's like forest. No, fires? not a literal fire. Like it's 115 oh. degrees out or some craziness. It's like know. some <laughs> unsurvivable temperatures <laughs> that don't even you can't comprehend. 115. Holy like, crow. It's supposed to be negative 25 degrees. That's not, not wind chill on Thursday in Chicago. Right. All day tomorrow. The high tomorrow? Minus 25. It's yeah. like negative eight, negative 15 degrees. They're used to, that's a Minnesota winter. They're used to that's that. That's not in Chicago, man. And that's, and then there's wind on top. Negative 15. That's, yeah. and you know, that kind of stuff doesn't really worry me, right? Personally, because it's like, we, we need a dress for this weather, but it worries me in the sense that, Many, 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 many people do not know how to dress for the weather. Even when there's these stark warnings, like, hey, it's minus 25. Here's a picture of what you should wear. Lots of stuff. Don't go outside. I think they say. Cover your skin. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not going outside is a good idea. 
when it's that you can cold. avoid it but it's like okay i i, I saw something with oh, chicago no. schools and they had, they had canceled them monday i think uh in some area and people were complaining because they didn't cancel them tuesday uh today and it's like you know i don't know they're inside i feel like these are s- skills that we should have. There were some people that were upset here in Acton that school wasn't delayed last Monday, and it was negative. It was like single digits. We didn't have school Monday, did we? T- whatever Tuesday, you're right. But yeah, they were right because uh, my kid has to wait outside for the bus for so long. And and yes, it's cold, but I do not understand. And I'm going nowhere with this. I do not understand how you can complain that it is cold. So you, you clearly know that it's cold, and say. We should cancel an event because it's too cold for my kid to wait outside for the bus. When it's like, okay, you know it's cold. So prepare them for the waiting. Put some clothes on them. I don't what it what is the lowest, lowest temperature? Let's just throw this out there. Yeah. What's the lowest temperature that you think you could actually dress your kids for for a solid hour of outdoor time? Potentially uh. waiting for the bus for an hour, let's say. So they're not moving. They're just kind of standing around there for outside. an hour. They're they're standing. They're maybe walking in place. You know, they're they're not moving a heck of a lot. Well, see, okay, it's sort of a it's a non question for me, but uh, well, I'll entertain it. Why is uh, it a non question? Because if if the, if it was going to be my kids aren't moving around for an hour, but they have to stand somewhere outside, I would. Well, that's the risk. You you send them outside for the bus, and the bus is late because something goes wrong. Yeah, I it's, guess it's the same problem with like you get in your all car. Right. They're publishing this stuff about the people in Chicago. Well, there's two questions here. I think yeah, one 100. would be one would I what, what's the lowest I would send them out there for like for an indeterminate amount of time. And what's yeah. the lowest I think they could be prepared for. Yeah. Uh, if I was there with them and we had an escape in case there was something that was like you do. They can always yeah. come back inside, I guess. Yeah. They, I would say like you have to go out. It's. Like fifteen, I would say maybe. Then like like you're, plus fifteen. Yeah, like you you're unattended. Like go out and wait for the bus. It's fifteen degrees out, but you have all your gear on. You're okay. You you that's the lowest you can prepare them for. No, no, that's not the, that's not what I'm saying. Like if I was like okay, go out to the bus now, and you may be out there for fifteen minutes. Um, this is what I think. Fifteen degrees is that's when I that's probably about where I would say I would cut it off. Now. And that, and I would, and I probably wouldn't send out my youngest at that. I would not at fifteen. I'd probably send her. Uh, I'd probably it'd have to be higher. Now, I would say like zero. Like we're going out to stand for the bus all together, all of us, and I can see if something's gonna ha- if something's going wrong that I can take adva- like take control of the situation. I'd go for like zero Fahrenheit. Yeah. Well, zero was. Wait! Don't trick me. <laughs> Aren't they <laughs> the same? No. Zero and zero. No, minus 40 is the same. Minus 40 Celsius is zero Fahrenheit? Yeah. No, minus 40 Celsius is minus 40 Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Zero Celsius is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. It's been a while. I need to go Fahrenheit. to do some school Remember, it's freezing. I know, you're pretty dumb sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was- It's okay. That was harsh. I can take it. You can't tell if you're pretending. Zero I thought the zeros were- no, Negative 40 is the same? Is when they line up, yeah, right around negative 40. Oh, wow, all right. Zero Celsius is yeah, is, is freezing, which is thirty two degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. zero, de- right. zero degrees right. Fahrenheit is much colder than freezing. So you'd say it's freezing cold outside. Well, that's true. But My kid was telling me it's not freezing. I'm like, it's twenty eight degrees. It's not freezing. I'm like, it actually yeah. feels quite warm uh, today because we some of the ski trips we've taken. It's you know it's been yeah two. It's been two. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I mean that for me that answers the question right away right because there's. I have taken the kids out skiing when it was literally minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So that was the minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, but day. you were, you were moving. Not really. Skiing's not that like active and there's wind, which makes it horrible. Oh, well, yeah. uh, now you're changing the parameters. <laughs> I'm saying when, when you're skiing. I think it's pretty much the same. I still wouldn't go out. Like if it's, you're, no, you're sitting on the chair left. You're not moving. It's no, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm okay. saying for me, my answer would be the same. Like at zero degrees, I'm starting to be like, even skiing zero degrees. Cause if you're zero at the base, it's going to be colder mm-hmm. than zero on the chest yeah, yeah. and up top. So yeah, they'll have hand warmers on things like that. So then sure. If you're talking minus 20, minus 30 degrees in these areas, 
you got to do some stuff that you haven't done before, right? Yeah. You got to really layer stuff on. You got to keep moving. You got to cover up all your skin. But again, these are things that you're being told and you should just know, but maybe it's just not that obvious. If you haven't experienced it, you just don't know it. See, until I, th- you, yeah. I think people don't, I think people don't take it serious and don't understand the risks. Like if it goes bad, mm-hmm. it's going to go really bad and it's going to be quicker than you think it's going to be. And then you're going to be in more trouble than you realize. And oh, that's sure. what I think people don't really understand. Oh, sure. They can run. It can be zero degrees and they can run from their house to their running car and be like, oh, it's so cold. And then you mm-hmm. hop in your car that's 50 or 60 degrees and you'd be like, oh, it's, it's so warm. This is a big risk too. And this is a yeah. real thing. Use the ski trip as an example. We're driving way up north in New Hampshire. Some of these roads are pretty isolated. Uh, they're they're used. I mean, so I'm not worried about no one coming along. But yeah. we could we could go somewhere where we'd be far off, like it's where no one comes along for a long time. And if that car breaks down, yeah, you're, you're going to lose the heat real fast. Mm-hmm. And if you ran from the house, say you do this in Minnesota during this weather. If you run from your house to your car in shorts and a t-shirt in minus 10 degree weather and something happens to that car while you're driving to work and it breaks down, even if someone's coming to help you, even if AAA is on the way, you're going to freeze half to death in your car waiting for them. Like, you are in trouble if you do not have clothing. So if anyone out there is listening to this stuff. Oh my gosh. What? What happened? Guess what the temperature is right now in Minnesota? You keep saying Minnesota, and I, re- I didn't realize. Well, guess what the temperature is right now? Yeah, you're saying Chicago. I know. Minnesota's right in the core of it. It's negative 22 right now. It feels like negative 46. Yeah, yeah. See, that's dangerous. Oh, yeah. That's dangerous. So th- this is a real thing, because a major ski lift at a major resort, Mount Snow, on Sunday broke, and people were on the lift for oh, two hours. Yeah. Did you hear this? No, I didn't. Yeah, two and a half hours. Some people were stuck on the lift. Now, that's a situation where you're not moving a whole lot because if you're dangling <laughs> 40 feet in the air, you can't get yourself warm and the wind's ripping through there. So I'm jumping off. 40 feet? <laughs> I I hear you. Some of them dip. I know. Over, well, yeah. But some mm-hmm. of them are up there 40 feet in the air. and Some, uh, some of them, yeah. Some of them are high parts. So that's that's a concern. That, that's one of those things where you're like, if this goes bad, this could go real bad, and I could be in uh-huh. trouble here. Um, be in trouble. And they can't rescue you fast enough either. It's not like they'll just come get you down. No, they had to go get everybody out of each chair individually. That's why it took some people two and a half hours. They actually did it? Yeah, they had, well, yeah, they had to re- lay them all down. What do they call it? Repel them all down. They did? Yeah. How'd they get up there? How'd they get onto the wire? I they mean, climb the poles? I think, they have, I think they have gear for that. They yeah. climbed the poles. Yeah. And then hooked onto the cable and then went down. That's amazing. Yeah. And then they had to harness up the people? I guess. It just takes a long time. And now you got no fingers and right. all that stuff because you can't mm-hmm. move them. And... Uh, I was biking to work this morning and broke my chain. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw the saw I had picture. To, uh, I had to take my mitt. I was like, ooh, this is like one of those survival movies, right? Yeah. I always remember there's this one documentary. I think they were climbing Everest. I'm not comparing myself to an Everest climber, yeah. but it's, it goes through my head and I chuckle about it. And... Again, I shouldn't be laughing because it was miserable. But this dude who was climbing Everest, I think, one of his crampons broke. You know what a crampon is? Mm-hmm. It's the thing you send your foot. Explain that to you as well. Yeah, the spiky things you put over your boots so you can have <laughs> traction. Well, I heard that. Well, they need those. Otherwise, they'll slip and die. He yeah. broke. So he couldn't, he couldn't go on, right? But he's wearing these mittens that are like the size of your face. So he can't fix the crampon with his mittens on. Yeah. So... And they were recording on this. He was sort of doing it. Maybe it was a documentary and he did it later, but he had to take his mittens off to fix his crampons. But he knew if he did that, he was going to basically lose his fingers because mm-hmm. it was like minus 60 or some craziness. You know? Yeah. And But he had to do it. So he took his mittens off, fixed his crampon, and he lost like half his fingers because they were all frostbitten in no time. You know, yeah. He managed to climb down and whatnot, but those fingers were all dead. There was no way to warm them back up, basically. Yeah. That was pretty, you know, so that, that that's what they say, right? Unless some of those stuff that those people go up there. I've read a book on, on, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, that one year where so many people died up there and the Everest is crazy. 
And it, they say once you break eight thousand meters or whatever it is, you just start dying. It's <laughs> whether you, you're basically dying, and it's whether or not you get to the top and back oh, down yeah. before you before you uh, actually completely die, die. Like, completely yeah. die. And there's bodies up there and stuff. People, yeah, they navigate by way of the corpses. Yeah, it's crazy. Green. They boots use the, they use the dead bodies as landmarks. Yeah, Green Boots is up there, and he's been there for years. And because they because they don't decay or anything, they're just yeah. frozen solid. I know, you, oh, can go look on, you can go easily see him, find pictures of him on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that guy, I think that maybe may it's a different guy, but there's a guy that I was at uh, the giant LL Bean store up in Maine. And um, I don't know if it was either that or it was one of those trading post stores up there, one of those big giant stores if you've ever been up there. They're pretty cool stores. They have everything. But one of the guys was there doing a book signing, and, and he had been an Everest climber, and he'd lost fingertips climbing up there because the blood flow can't work and all this stuff. And he, it might have been the same guy. It's like, yeah, it was worth yeah, it. You know, yeah, I still have eight of my fingers. And you're like, what, dude? Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I don't know, right? man. Think about that. Yeah. You're getting old. How many more years do you really have left? Do you think you could, if you could control it, if you could be like, I'm going to do something super epic. If you were guaranteed you're going to like lose both pinky fingers or something in the process. Gosh. You know what I mean? I mean, you're not just sawing them off. It's just like, if you knew ahead of time, I'm going to go climb Everest. Yeah. It's going to be the best experience of my life. But it's a, it's a virtual guarantee that I'm going to lose a couple of fingers in the process. Are you old enough where you wouldn't miss those fingers? Not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> you still need them for your piano playing and stuff? I don't know. I haven't decided. Maybe I'm going to be a... Uh... You know, rock star, and I might not hit those chords mm-hmm. just right on the guitar, man. And I gotta, yeah, I don't you only know. need your left hand for that. Yeah. Well, maybe I want right to maybe I want to do finger pick style. Okay. <laughs> I want to become a good. Maybe I want to play the banjo. But I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that concerned anymore. For some reason, I think about this a lot. Maybe when I'm my book doesn't work when I'm biking or something. Do you, you ever have like your you're running on long runs? And for whatever, maybe your phone dies, maybe your book stops working, you got no music, you got no... What do you think about? Uh, how much this hurts and stupid and why am I doing it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the right thing to focus on. Uh, I, I'm pretty... pretty uh, if my, I, I'm very well planned in that I don't allow those things to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it may happen if I run a hundred times. Nah, it won't even happen one out of a hundred times for me. I'm Good. one of the, I'm one of these people that, like I always like I come home and I plug my headphones back in like I know mm. where they are and they're plugged in and they're charged 100 percent almost every oh, time like yeah. why not I don't understand oh my headphones <laughs> are dead but why why didn't you just why didn't you just then you know them? where they are they're plugged in so at least yeah, that I'm kind gonna of stuff. be I'm gonna be honest with you I didn't I don't think I plugged my bike lights in tonight well see I know and the plug is right there I don't know why I didn't do it yeah. but they should be charged they last several days. Um. Well, I. I mean, I would. Mine can die sometimes. Yeah, especially it in the has cold. Happened. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that I think about. If I fall down this hill and I lose an arm, <laughs> is that cool? I mean, could I get by without that arm? Which arm would I rather <laughs> lose? Arm. My right one or my left one? And if I lost my right one, would I get really good at using my left one? And then how would I do things? Or if you lose your thumbs? Yeah. Right, because thumbs are important. I fell down snowboarding a couple times, and I keep falling in a weird way. Or just put planting my hand really quick, and it's like bending my thumbs back, and it really hurts. And both my thumbs hurt right now. Yeah. So I'm like, what would happen if I lose my thumbs? <laughs> yeah. You can't pick anything up. See, I'm sort of going. I'm sort of in the phase now in my life where I'm like, ah, I just keep hurting myself doing this activity. I'm going to stop doing the activity. No, like, no, I feel like I'm getting stronger again. Well, okay, basketball. I used to play basketball once a week, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it was just a pickup. It was just a free, free for all, whatever. And I was like, and it was not like it, w- if I was going to get hurt, it was when I was going to get hurt. Like I rolled my ankle. I jammed multiple fingers multiple times. And I was just like, I like the exercise, but I don't really. Basketball is a finger jamming game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I started wearing. So I stopped playing. Uh, yeah. Okay. You could do something else. I mean, you're right. Well, that's the thing is I can do all kinds of different things where I don't get hurt. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I like, I mean, I like snowboarding. I do get hurt, but in minor ways. And I'll tell you what really, what really hurts is just banging my knees into stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not even falling, just like uh, going through the trees, 
Does that make sense to anyone? There's a lot of like little runs that go through trees. I stay off those. And I'll clip, I'll clip like a, a tree stump. Yeah. Cause there's ruts, you know, so you're deep into like a rut and you're leaning over and your knee hits something, just nicks it. This sounds ridiculous. It's a little bit off topic again. I've watched, it just pops into my head every single time. You watch these like police videos. For some reason, these videos of like, uh, the Coast Guard raiding boats and stuff always pop into my mind what? because I d- I'll explain why. Okay. Because the boats, these big ships are made of just, they're just steel everywhere. Everything's really, really hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And you see, you see these guys like jumping over the railing and running into things and tripping and banging on stuff. And the whole time I'm watching them, all I can think is like, that guy just bonked his shin on the railing and he is probably crying in his little mask right now. <laughs> right? But he's holding it together for the rest of the team because he doesn't want to let them down. But his shin is killing him so much. And you don't even notice it. But but in reality, you know that if you bang your shin mm. on a piece of metal like that, even at the lowest walking speed, yeah, you're rolling around on the floor for like five minutes. So uh, it's funny you say this because it was snowboarding. Uh, the last time I went, uh, they had a little like this little couple little park jumps, right? Real small. And it was actually on the bunny hill. So you had to take the J bar up and then they're on the bunny hill. So it was going really slow. And uh, my son loved it. So he kept doing it. So there was like a jump and then there was a jump with a rail with a bar, with just a bar. And then there's a jump with a box. And on the corners of the boxes was metal tubes, yeah. you know, yeah. pipes. Yep. So you grind. And I went down once and I was just, cause my daughter was on the bunny hill anyway. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go down the jumps. So I went over the jumps, ching, ching, fine. No problem. The next time I was like, I'm going to go down the, over the box. I'm like, all right, I'm just try it. Right. And now snowboards, you don't have much edges if it's hard. Right. And it was hard plastic. So you can't, I don't, I'm not real good at riding the thing flat. I don't know how that's a thing. Like people do it, but <laughs> I can't ride the thing flat. I always have to be on one of the edges. So sure enough, I go and I'm like, all right. And I made like three quarters of the way down the thing. And then I knew I was like too far leaned over. So I was going to bail. So I kind of jumped like to try and save it and get on the snow. Well, I banged my shin on the (laughs) stupid corner of that box. Right. And uh, it's got a metal pipe on it. And I'm like, oh, that kind of hurts. But I'm just going to ignore this (laughs) because I can't give in to the pain. I have to ignore this. Well, and I'm like, this is going to hurt tomorrow. It's going to be bad. Well, end of the day, I take my freaking pants off. My shin has a cut on it. Like, I'm, yeah. I hit it hard enough to like break the skin and it was yeah, yeah. Ble- blood everywhere. Oh my God. That's great. That's what you need to be doing, Jason. That's what I'm talking about. Well, so I started wearing my, I have some wrestling knee pads from my wrestling days. And okay. I wear those under my snow pants for snowboarding. Hmm. Uh, one, because they're super warm. Hmm. Which is helpful. Well, especially if you're on your knees a lot with the snowboarding. And well, you can be if I'm helping the kids. If you're helping, I'll, yeah, I'll kneel your, down. Yeah, uh, that is tremendous. Especially oh, yeah, the knee cap that I sort of broke, you know, last yeah. year has some scar tissue in it, and that kind of hurts the knee on. Uh, keeping the knees. People have a lot of knee problems in general. I don't really have knee problems per se, but uh, keeping them warm really helps. Keeping the joints warm. Yeah. Uh, and then the padding. It's huge. Hmm. Huge, like he's super huge. I mean, even just putting your knee down on hard snow, yeah, it's ridiculously painful. Yeah, yeah. So throwing some padding, yeah. yeah. See, I'm padding. in a, I'm in a weird place in my life right now where I'm like not old enough to not be smart enough to realize that I can't get hurt. So like, I'm very aware that I can get hurt of stuff, and not old enough where I don't care. Like if I lose a couple pinkies. So there's like, yeah. like a lot of self-preservation going on for me because I'm like, I got a couple of good years left. I got to uh, make sure I make it through these good years with all my facilities. Not me. I'd lose the pinky. <sighs> See, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to give up. <laughs> I already shattered a shoulder. They put it back together for me. Yeah, I know. I can't use my left shoulder either. But yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I think that was sort of like the wake-up call. Like, listen now, these things, when you start getting hurt, it's going to be like – Right, permanent now. It's not you're not going to heal from the stuff that you get. Well, do to you got to get anymore. stronger. I think the biggest occurrence of this thing, mm. this type of thing, right? And I don't want to be shaming anybody. I don't want this to come across as like fat shaming, right? Yeah. But if you did something, say in high school, and you were a good athlete, yeah, and then you spent the next thirty years of your life watching football Sunday afternoon and eating. 
Yeah. And then you decide, I can go do that thing that I used to do in high school again without any sort of preparation. You, you may have the wrong mindset and you may you'd be in trouble. Right. You gain 200 pounds. Yeah. And you just slap a pair of skis on or you go on the basketball court or you go play hockey or you do whatever. I mean, friends of mine, play, I used to play soccer. He went and played soccer. He literally snapped his leg in half, just like planting it on the ground. Ugh. You got to get stronger, right? You got to ramp back into it. Yeah. And I'm happy to, that's what I feel like I'm doing. We've been skiing enough, snowboarding enough where I'm like, I'm getting, you know, I'm hitting the ground sometimes, taking some tumbles, but it feels good, right? Gets those muscles sore. My, We're going first chair to last chair. Wow. Like three days in a row. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> muscles are building up. That that endurance is building up. And uh, it feels like I can take, you know, you're ready for more, right? Yeah. I try to explain it to the kids. They're like, how do these people jump off? They'll watch a video. How do these people jump off these cliffs? I'm like, they're strong. <laughs> you know, this isn't, it's not like they just throw themselves off a cliff and wish for the best. They are ridiculously strong. Sure looks skilled. like they do, though. <laughs> <laughs> don't you yeah. watch some of those skiing videos? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how they do it, man. They're ridiculously strong. They're very, very strong. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, there's some skill to it. But if they, they're still hitting the ground very, very hard. Yeah, but see, this is my thing. Like, this is part of my self-preservation now. I'm like, they don't know for sure that they aren't landing on a half inch of snow covering a giant face of granite. No, no they don't. Like, they are doing <laughs> taking risks. They don't understand the risks they're taking. I mean, I get it. I've taken, a, like, a lot of risks, and I've done a lot of crazy, stupid things where I could have been seriously injured in my days. But now I'm to the point like, mm, let's go check and make sure that's actually four feet of powder that I'm going to land mm-hmm. in and not three three centimeters of powder. You they know? might check. Sometimes they check. I guess they must know. Well, they I think don't they film know, that part. right? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, some of those, you see, that's the first run down the mountain. You know, they might uh, have been yeah. out there the day before and then it snowed four feet of snow that night. That could have happened. So they mm-hmm. know. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's part of the... Allure to those videos. The thrill. Yeah, the thrill. But like, you go in the woods. I'm like, I'm going to go in the woods. And I'm going to find the root that's sticking up and my board's going to yes. go under the root and I'm going to find myself broken on the snow. Like, you got to keep your tips up. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. No, I hear you. That is that is a concern. There's always a tree stump, especially when you go out on those mountains when there is no snow on them yeah. and you're looking at the hill and it is, it, there's just littered with, with trees across the trail, stumps sticking up and you're like, what? How is this... <laughs> So they have to have that deep base first and all that yeah. stuff. But there are, yeah, there are definitely small trees. My son caught one last weekend and went through some powder and got his ski underneath a tree. Oh, jeez. See? Yeah. Now he's getting they, his The kids get pretty dumb. They're, they go fat. They love, they absolutely love the tree trails and they just go faster and faster and faster and faster and I have to stop them. I'm too big and not nimble enough to get through those things. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're small. They can bounce. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, but you know what? You said something about getting stronger. Yeah, I'm, getting stronger. I'm, not, I'm yeah. Well, actually, I'm trying to because now listen to me and tell me what I'm doing listen. wrong here. I'm doing this listen. right. My daughter, as you know, plays club soccer, which means we pay a lot of money, and she. Uh, we have three levels of soccer in town. We have the town where they play other teams in town at the same age. That starts to fade out in fourth grade because we add travel teams. And the travel teams travel to play other towns. Now, I know this sounds sort of pretentious or a little gross, but the better kids tend to play travel team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they leave the town program. They go to play travel to go get more competition. And then some kids uh, who have parents that are um, – Oh, geez. Some kids rich? are, y- yes. No, I don't want to say rich, but, and because almost every girl on Grace's team does this. Tiger Mom? No, well, I don't know, but it's club soccer. It's a l- another level of soccer. And we, it's the, the town program is like, you know, probably a couple hundred bucks for the fall, a couple hundred bucks for the spring. Well, the club is like an order of magnitude more than that. And maybe mm-hmm. if you're out there going like, holy crap, you pay that much for soccer free? Yes, we do. And it's insane. And But my daughter loves it. So let me uh, just put it a bit like just accept that she plays club soccer and she's eight years old or nine years old. I now. do. Okay. But now what's good about this is her uh, – 
coach. She got a new coach. She had a coach in the fall, which we, we really liked. He was a really nice guy, young. But, and we've talked about this in the past, how I wish she had a female coach and she used to have a female coach and then whatever, she couldn't get her, she'd talk about her visa. She had visa problems once the hmm. uh, new administration and she was from the UK. So she couldn't come back on her visa. In fact, she couldn't get back in the States and had to get her, like have somebody pack up her apartment and mail it back to her in the UK. Uh, really weird, but that's a rabbit trail. We don't need to be on. No. She got a new coach I mean, just do, in the spring. Not today. I mean, we can't solve that problem here. She got a new coach in the spring, and this guy is nuts, man. He, But in a good way. He makes them, at the beginning of practice, when they step on the field, come over and shake his hand, and before at the end of practice, shake his hand. And if the kids are late, he makes them do push-ups, which is good, but now that puts extra pressure on the parents, uh, especially since we're carpooling now. We pick up three kids, so we have to drive a little bit more. But... um I'm like all psyched about this. And he, and what was the other thing? This one other thing he does at practice. I, I can't remember, but the other part about being strong, this whole big rabbit trail is that he is do, making them do what I call uh dry land training. Um, right. basically you got to, you, you now need to do 45 push ups, 45 sit ups, and 50 leg lifts every day. So my daughter doesn't want to do it. She's like, ah, it sucks. I'm so bored. But she's just really like weird about doing it. Now she is. She doesn't want to. Okay. I know. Yeah, it's weird because she's been there time up plenty of times before and just like stop what she's doing, sit down, crank out a bunch of um, and sit, crank yeah. out a bunch of push-ups and be like, what are you doing? I'm just doing push-ups. I need to get stronger. But now it's when somebody <laughs> tells her to get stronger, she's like, I want to do it. It's a waste of my time. It's boring. And uh, so I'm like, and and then recently she uh was talking about how one of a girl her age is playing on another team and they didn't actually doesn't always get to play in the games because the coach doesn't. And I was like, that's a whole awful thing, but I had a whole conversation about her. Well, that's going to come up sooner than later that you're going to not be able to play all the time. And if they're going to put the better kids in, so it's important to do the dry land training, but I feel like it's so much pressure. So I don't know where to balance it. It is. Okay. So that's your whole story. I thought you were going to say you were getting stronger. Well, Oh, (laughs) okay. So, because she wouldn't do it. She's like dragging her feet to do it. I was like, well, I'll do it with you because I want to do it anyways. And Helen, you should do it also because you're doing the gymnastics and you like doing the gymnastics. It's all core workout, right? And mm-hmm. and Jason, you know, this would help you with the mountain biking with the lacrosse. I can't get them to do it yet. But Grace, once would I, if I do it, Grace will do it. But if I don't do right. it, she's like, I don't want to do it. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, okay. So my, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, only. There's a lot of stuff to take in there. Time, time, it's all time, time, this time, that stuff. The My daughter has been doing push-ups as a corollary, and she enjoys doing them. She doesn't do them every single day. It's not a chore. But she had, she likes writing things down. She likes checklists. She really likes checklists. So if I handed her a piece of paper that had a checkbox, it said, if it had like four checkboxes and each one said do 10 push-ups, she would do them immediately. She'd be like, I did 10, check the box, did 10, check the box. Just because she wants to check the damn box. Okay, maybe that's a good idea. I'm actually going to print a, a that's, chart. That's all she wants to do. She just wants to check the box. So stupid, but yeah. All right. I ran into another parent that um, does the same. So we went skiing with another family. They came up one day, and it was a little weird. I'm going on a segue. Okay. But this it has to do with the check boxes because I really like the check boxes. They show up. We have snack break. She pulls out her bag, her snack bag, and says, anybody want hot chocolate? And I look over at her, and she's got the same exact exact system we do. She's got a bunch of mugs, mm. and she's got hot chocolate packets, and she's about to go into the cafeteria and get hot water and put them. And meanwhile, I'm pulling our bag out like, I've got the same set of stuff, <laughs> like, in my hands. She's got the same drink bottles we do, the same, like, everything in there. The bag was even, like, almost the same. And we were talking about how we got the kids ready to go skiing. And I showed her, I'm like, well, you know, for Molly, I had to, I have to write a checklist. I literally have to, the night before, we write down this checklist and there's check boxes for her and for her brother that say stuff, no joke, like the last list, I have to make her one every morning that says, go to the bathroom. <laughs> really? Right? So she gets, she crawls out of, before she even gets out of bed, she reaches her arm out and gets the checklist huh. and then looks at it. And then she gets out of bed, and then she'll go to the bathroom, and then she comes back and finds the marker and checks the box. Mm-hmm. The next one was uh, eat breakfast. Checks the box. The next one was change into your ski clothes. 
checks the box. Of course, the <laughs> night before, I had to make her a checklist that says, lay out your ski clothes for tomorrow. Yeah. The next one is pack your ski bag. And then since we were leaving, it was also pack your suitcase. And then it says, put both bags in the car. And then there's another one that says, get, put yourself in the car and buckle your seatbelt. And she's literally carrying this checklist around with her, checking the box as she does every single little thing. And she will not operate unless I give her the list. So it's it's very strange because I could probably get her to do almost anything if I just wrote it on a piece of paper and put a box next to it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, right. You have mentioned the boxes in the past. The little yeah. that you have to write. Yeah. So the but with the other part of the story was I, f- I found out like the other mother who was at the ski- exact same thing. She's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I make checklists for the kids all the time. <laughs> really? <laughs> checklists for them that morning as well. Like, this is really strange. Huh. So there's two affirmations of that sort of thing working. And. Is that does that make it more intrinsically motivated? I have no idea, but I do know that if I look her in the eye and I say, "Go in the kitchen and you know make yourself a milk or something," right? I have her one chore. Look her in the face. She's seven years old. She will not make it to the kitchen <laughs> ever, right? Between me and the kitchen, seventeen thousand things will happen that distract her along the way. Mm-hmm. She won't get there. It'll never get done. Huh. Yeah, I can relate to that too. So that's interesting. There's a lot of snow outside right now. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I was surprised also with that. This, this, I'm, I'm looking at the sand truck just came down our street. Oh, well, what do you know? Call up that DPW guy. This wasn't supposed to happen. It's not supposed so, to be like this. She can't do it. You think like one thing. One thing's easy to remember. Oh. No. Yeah. Yeah, I got to give her a piece of paper. And then the beautiful thing, because we have talked about checklists, the beautiful thing about them yeah. is that you don't have to nag, right? You can give them their independence. And I, so I, this later in our in our ski trips, because I gave them a checklist and she took forever to do her checklist and it was a problem because I'm like, we're going to miss first chair, kids. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to be there by 7.30 in the morning. On a Sunday. Uh, so I on the next checklist, I put times on all the things. So basically, right up by Go Potty, it was... I'm, we're literally getting them up at like 6.15. Wow, really? <laughs> on a weekend. So we can get out the door on time to make it to the mountain and get on the first chairlift of the day. <laughs> uh, so it's top of the list. It says 6.15 a.m. Wake up. You know, go potty. And at the bottom, it's got a time for... When we need when they need to be in the car, but I think it gives them their sort of independence. Yes, you're telling them what needs to be done, but you're not telling them they don't always have to do it in the same order. You're not telling them more than once. They get to read it. They get to do the thing. They get to do this activity. It's much. It's just for some reason it's so much more independent. Because if I have to tell her to do something, I'm gonna have to tell her 67 times because she won't remember the first time I tell her. But if you make a gonna, list. If you make a list, they can read it. They can look at the list and I'm reading. I'm reading the list. And she, for her, it works great. And her brother just goes along with it too. Mm-hmm. All right. And I had to make them two check boxes because if he ever checked one of her boxes, that's the end of the world right there. Oh, yeah. I could, I could make two lists, but I really didn't feel like writing all the words twice. So they just get two check boxes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the internet, I mean, the computers and stuff, they let you do this stuff pretty easy. We're traveling. We're roughing it. You don't print them out on the way? No, this is where I got legal pads with me. I got to like, you know, scribble oh, these things on the Oh, because it's dynamic. I got it. I got it. Oh, all, right. all these things are dynamic. Yeah. It's just like, what do I need to do? And I will whip up a checklist on the fly, wherever we are, for, on a napkin, whatever it is. It doesn't, doesn't matter. I have all kinds of things. Like, I usually take pictures of them because they're funny. Yep. I got my checklist made. Just made it 15 sit-ups, 15 <laughs> sit-ups, 15 sit-ups, 15 push-ups, 15 push-ups, 15 <laughs> leg lifts, 15 leg lifts, 20 leg lifts. That one's kind of long. Really? They got to do all <laughs> That's 50, man. <laughs> you know, you should mix something else into the list. Get a drink of water. No, no. That's not like they have to do it all at once. That's for the, each day. No, I know. But it's a boring list. Uh, There's no variety. Who cares? This is... I'm serious. My record, you could try. You no, could they, do an this AB is test. just the chart for the exercise. I'm just doing a chart, like an exercise I chart. I get it. Yeah. But you're not. You're taking the the human factor out of it, right? That's like robots. Okay. Listen, I want to make a machine, a soccer playing machine. Fine. You leave all the exercises on there. I'm telling you, 
throw, sprinkle in the middle of the list somewhere, have a cookie or get a drink of water. I'm not buying it. Drink three ounces of water. <laughs> so I have to go measure it, right? I'm keeping it straightforward, man. You try it your way and the next day, try it my way. All right. See which list gets finished. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, okay, so so that's but you didn't really t- talk to me about the pressure. That was the concern I was having. Pressure about what? Like, is it to to make her like? In, should I be encouraging her to do, even do these things? I don't even know that. I think this is so. Well, I think what I started with was what I'm struggling with is the time as well. And we've been spending a lot of time lately on schoolwork. My son's getting really, like, sort of academically motivated. Oh, he is motivated. He is motivated. Well, that's good. And I, th- I think it's because we've been studying together and he's been doing well. Oh. So he, he takes a test at school and he gets, like, a 96 or something. Oh, yeah, great. And he comes home he's like, well, there's a retake on Wednesday that I'm going to take. So I'm going <laughs> to Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you really need to retake it? Is he getting 96? And then sometimes I flip it the other way. I'm like, how'd you, what'd you do to lose these four points? Yeah, like, right. This is ridiculous. Did you even double check this work? I like, told you, you go over your own work. Yeah, you go over you your own work. work. He was doing very, like, he's got a, he did a moon phases. He did a test on phases of the moon and he got like a 92. And he's, I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, what ah, happens? there's a retake on Wednesday. I'm going to fix it then. So I, I scanned, I'll tell you, one of the, the best tools that I have for parenting for all kinds of home stuff is my scanner. Mm, okay. So I scanned it in, his quiz, because you got to take it home. I wiped out all his answers, and I gave him like six copies. <laughs> there you go. Take it again. So he takes it, he gives it to me. I'm like, I'm like, you made the same mistakes. So we had to go, I quickly went and looked up phases of the moon and what it means to be waxing and waning and which way the moon goes in the northern hemisphere it's counterclockwise all this kind of stuff so and i explained that to him like all you gotta remember counterclockwise waxing means getting bigger waning means getting smaller do the visual sheet first and then do the answers on the other side second he's like okay so he did a couple of more practice tests and he got it down 100 percent. and he's gonna he's gonna go take his he's gonna go retake the quiz so we can get 100 <laughs> <laughs> They're letting him. Of course, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell him not to. No, I'm choice. surprised the teachers letting him. That- oh no, yeah, they always. I don't know why they just they always let him retake things. Uh, but when I asked him, like, you really like, is this a bad grade? He's like, some of the other kids got an 18. <laughs> <laughs> 18. I'm like, well, let's not worry about the other kids because that's you'd have to actually try really hard to do that bad <laughs> uh, when it's a multiple choice test. Um. So that consumes a lot of time that that I've gotten into some projects with him where it's kind of like he'll review the project with me and I'm looking at it going, this isn't this isn't enough. Like, this is not high quality. Are you really proud of this? Right. Like, yeah, let's go back and do some more. Oh, we actually, like make it we actually had a long conversation with Jason about this just last night. Yeah. Because he got a, like a substandard grade, we thought. And he's like, but I, <laughs> I didn't understand it. And I didn't. <laughs> um Right. He's like, well, why aren't you asking for help then? What's going on? Well, he's like, well, no, that's not true. <clears throat> he thought he understood it, but he thought he understood it differently, and uh, uh, and he happens. was he was pretty adamant about it. Um, but uh, eh, so it, yeah, we had to have a conversation about it and whether or not he should redo it and whether or not he should. Uh, but he has another one coming up, oh, and so this is something it's interesting. Like I, I personally am like. Okay, I said, listen, I, I I don't mind that you failed. He didn't fail it, but like, I don't mind if you fail or make mistakes. Like, that's part of it, and that's part of learning. You're gonna do that. I do it at work still, and like, as long as you learn and don't make the same mistake again, or everybody's happy. Um, but you have to like do the best that you can do on it, right? So, and that's a that's a tough one, right? Because that's course sort of where I'm pushing him is like, you can do better. Yeah. You can do better. When when do you think it's finished? And one of the projects we did sort of together, but I try. I really didn't want to do any of the work for him, but I kept pushing him to put more polish on and go review. Because they they even gave him like a rubric with it, like how to measure results. Oh, really? How to measure whether or not you're done. Mm. And I'm like, look at the rubric thing. Did you do these points? Like, did you cover all these results? And did you do them to the to, like, are you satisfied with how well they're done? Uh, so we made he made a a crossword puzzle for a project, 
And for me, I get carried away with these things. Yeah, you do. I say, <laughs> did I talk? Did I already tell you about this? No, last no, week? but I know you get carried away with everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you about the crossword. No. No. So he started making the crossword, and I left him to his own devices. And I said, "You just do it. Go ahead." He's writing it by hand on with pencil on a piece of paper, and he's just like, you know, like one take, and I'll be done, which is completely absurd. I'm like, this is yep. not the way it's going to work. You're never going to do this in one try on one piece of paper with a pencil that you can barely read that's on graph paper. Like, I can't tell the difference between any. This is insane. Like, what does a crossword really look like? Go show me an example. It's a, grab this from newspaper and do that. Like, it's a puzzle. Look at how they do this. Look at it all laid out nice. They got clues over here. Like, this is what we should be shooting for, but on a larger <laughs> scale. And, you know, the, and what makes it challenging and how are you going to lay out the words and how are you going to make it fit? So I made him, I said, go do. You know, get yourself a stack of graph paper, get all the words that you're trying to fit, and start laying them out. Just write them on the paper, connect them in all the way. And so he he does that. He brings it to me. I'm like, well, you misspelled this one, and that screwed <laughs> yeah. up the whole thing, right? Yeah. Go back and do it again. So, I, you know, it's like back and do it again over and over. And we're checking him, and I keep, I keep trying to reiterate with him how important the iteration is. Like, don't get down on yourself. You're allowed to misspell things. Just understand that you're going to try and try and try. You're not failing. You're refining it. You're making it better each time. Mm -hmm. You tried this scenario. It didn't work. But you built off that scenario and you made a better one. And now all the words fit better on the page. And he actually he got into it, right? But by the end of it, he was trying to find ways to make the words overlap oh, nice. in much more complicated ways, which is hard. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to make the letters... So he got his layout, and I said, great, now we're going to take that, and I put it through my scanner. <laughs> I sat him down at the computer, and these are the types of things where it's kind of like I feel, you know, parents who maybe aren't as heavily involved or don't have the tools, uh, we're kind of giving them an advantage that other people maybe can't, or they're too busy to, or that they don't have the tools to do, and that's... Eh, unfair, unequitable. I don't know what the right word is, but I I'm going to help him in any way I can. I don't want to do it for him. But I sat him down at the computer and I said, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to put this scanning of your draft document in the background of this image editing tool. And I made him a, <laughs> I made him a square <laughs> that was this basically about the size of one of the uh, crossword puzzle squares. Okay. And I said, you're going to basically copy this square and snap it to this grid and trace every word, you know, every letter in this thing. <laughs> Took him like an hour. Uh, and, you know, and I came in, I, he's like, I'm done. And I came in and looked at it and immediately on the screen, I could see like where one square was like one pixel off, you know. I was like, that one's shifted too far over. You're gonna have to move everything to match. <laughs> he's like, what? And, you know, he's like, can you see that? And sure enough, I zoom in. I'm like, look at this. Look at your one, one pixel off. Pixel. This whole... Goodness. This whole bar is too thick compared to the rest of them, and now everything shifts. You got to highlight this. Like, just do it quality. Come on, focus. Like, don't make those mistakes because it messes with everything, right? So you put all this effort in, and you make one little mistake, and it throw the whole things off. And if you don't fix it, then it's it's just like a scar, you know. So he did that. He made his grid, and then he added numbers, and then he went back and made the clues to match the numbers, which matched the words that were in the puzzle. We printed it on some fancy paper, and then he printed two copies, which he filled in very neatly, and then I rescanned, of course, as you do. <laughs> and then we printed the rescanned version on the back of the actual version, but in a smaller, like, it's it's like an answer key. Yeah. And it's on the back. You yeah, got to flip sure, over and look sure, at sure, it. Sure, sure. And then he made a... a, a uh, printed the clues all on like nice card stock and then he very carefully because it said it was supposed to be a colorful crossword puzzle so like what does that mean and this is where when teachers make vague descriptions of what a project is supposed to be it's it can be fun I'm like your teacher asked you to make a colorful crossword puzzle <laughs> you know, how far are you going to take that right and he actually did this really cool he started making all these designs in 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 among the crossword and then he sort of and then we bound the book 
uh, the opposing pages and he did a whole title page and stuff and it was it's, it came out really nice i thought so somebody could actually sit down and do the crossword puzzle and then you mailed it to the new york things. new york post is that what the, yeah. the, the yeah. end was well, and, then, and then of course at the end before we bound it we scanned the whole thing and again because i like it when he hands in he has both an electronic copy that they put in the google drive uh-huh. so he can send the the electronic version to his teacher and then physically hand them a copy as well Nice. Sort yeah. of sort of hit it from both ends. Yeah. Now at what point are you like, oh look what dad did for dad did the project? <laughs> but see No, I'm not I'm not I'm like being serious. I mean, you know the way you describe it is that Max did all the work, but how much of he it He did was... all the work, but I directed a lot. Yeah, right. You know? So what do you Sorry, thought of it? Oh my sniffling all of a sudden yeah, you have to end that. I don't know what's going on. You're allergic to it's because I'm freezing the basement. There's no heat down uh, down here. <laughs> I'm about to I'm thaw I'm gonna need to thaw out. Um I struggle with that. Obviously, the Pinewood Derby cars are a thing mm. like that as well. I mean, literally, yeah, no not, kid makes That's not like academic work. No, I know. But yeah. Whatever. So, I tr- what I tried to do in, in those cases is teach him about the tools he needed to get the work done more efficiently and in a nice quality way. So, I didn't sit at the computer and do the work for him. I said, this is what I think you can do to make it look nice. Go do it. Hmm. I didn't tell him how to lay out the words. I said, this is how you should try to lay out the words, and you should do it until you're happy with the layout. And he did. Oh, there you go. Sounds good. So I think that's the right thing to do. <laughs> if I don't give him any assistance, if I don't yeah. give him – like, I think that's what teaching is, is my point. Like, leaving them to figure it out on their own is a cop-out. Saying, I'm not going to give them any assistance. They'll figure this out on their own is kind of a way of saying, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just feel like, what are you there for otherwise? Giving them some independence is great from time yeah, to time, yeah. right? I'm going to let them go run in the woods and figure it out. Figure out that <laughs> there are bugs or you will trip on stuff or jumping on the ice means you will fall yeah. through. I'm going to let them do that. But I think, so for me, I agree with that. It's hard for me. And my wife takes a much different approach to this. She wants to make, she wants to go over all the schoolwork that they do at home. And my, we don't, they don't want a lot of homework, but she wants to go through all, like, she does not want them to take something to school that is wrong mm-hmm. or not their 100% best. Uh, and I understand. I agree with, I agree with the second part. Well, see, in, Fourth grade, yeah, in fourth grade it was. I believe no, it was in second grade. It was second grade that Jason had. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah, second grade. Yes, because that's the grade Helen's in. Yes, second grade. Jason had to do this like diorama thing. Mm. And he's now in sixth grade, so it was four years ago. And he and he uh, and he didn't do a very like he was at the time. He was pretty typically doing like overdoing work which was great like he would put a lot of flourish on it and he had to pick a favorite author and do a diorama that had three different things in it about the author now and i don't remember really what the things were but he basically took a shoebox covered it in construction paper and put like three different little trinkets in there and i mm-hmm. i forget what they were uh but that was it no extra coloring on this car, on the, on the car, on the paper, yeah. no extra prints, no pictures, no t- book titles, no nothing. And he submitted it and I knew it wasn't his best work, but I let it go. And I, cause I wanted him to see that and see his classmates work. Now this is second grade, so I'm keeping his relative. And his but, classmates work yeah. could also be his classmates' parents' work too, of course. Well, right. But I wanted to see what he was in for, sort of like, I want him to see the comparison of if I just do what I'm supposed to do versus yes. what my other students might be capable of. And um, I thought it was a good lesson because he didn't, you know, I didn't, I want to say he didn't get a good grade on. I don't remember it. I don't think they did grades, but um, you know, he could have done better. And I wanted to see him do that. Now he recently did a book report and this is the same sort of thing where he, uh, like I said, he didn't do great on it. Um, he sort of says he misunderstood and we're kind of like, you didn't, should have put more time into this. And, uh, yeah, it's all about the time. Yeah. But I wanted him again to get, well, I didn't really know about this and I had talked to him about it beforehand one on one. And, um, right. It starts with, and yeah, and I've been like- much more strict about him bringing home his assignment schedule. Okay. 
so we know about things much further in advance. What's coming up next week that you need to study for? Spend a little bit of time today. Spend a little bit of time tomorrow, right? Don't wait until next Tuesday to study for next Wednesday's quiz. That kind of thing. Are you frozen? No, I'm not frozen. I'm kind of I'm frozen, but not frozen. (laughs) I'm reading something. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I, I... ebb and flow with it. So I, I don't check everything and every detail. I don't, he does most of his homework at school anyway, like before he leaves school. So I don't even see it. He doesn't bring it home before he brings it back to school. Only when he gets these sorts of projects that he's working on that I know about and they're a little bit bigger. Yeah. Like that. And like in that, the case of the diorama, yeah, I, I want to catch that before he starts and say, let's talk about this, right? Let's, let's jot down some notes. Let's, Come up with some ideas about, okay, what are you going to put in a shoebox? What do you think you should put in a shoebox? What, what's your author? What are they known for? Write down some things. Yeah. Sort of, again, more yeah. iteration. Like before you, and I make him do this with, I made him do it with the crossword. Before you start putting, before you take out the card stock and your colored pencils and you start trying to put together what you think is the final product, you have to do some drafts because you can't do it in one brushstroke. It doesn't work. No one does that. It doesn't work that way. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You need to have an idea of what it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And even better is if you do all the work in this rough drafty kind of thing and then just put the polish on the final work knowing that it's already perfect, you just have to make it look pretty. Yeah. Now, in my case, I, they in, in this book report case, Jason took the thing and they were to take – they did all the outline. Like they did all the staging like you said. And then they were to take the staging and then put it into a book report. And he took the staging, sort of reworded it, added like 10% more to kind of connect the different thoughts in the staging. And he thought he was done. But mm-hmm. he got back and it, she was like, you needed much more here, more detail here, more detail here. And we saw state comments in there like, um, uh, oh, I like the way the characters were, you know, I like the way the characters, the, 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 the characteristics of the, of the, characters in the uh, it's a terrible thing that's not what he said it wasn't that bad the character six of the character i can't think of the example but basically he provided something but then didn't provide any examples for it and didn't give any sort of like i like this book because of the way the characters were mm-hmm. well not okay well what and, and it wasn't even that simple like it was much more complicated than that but i'm just saying that because i don't know the grade, yeah no he's no now he's in sixth grade so it was more complicated for the book report but he 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 should have still elaborated more on it and given more like okay and this is an example of what I liked about the way the characters were, you know, put yeah. in these challenging situations and stuff. So, but for me, I wanted him to fail because I wanted him to f- know what failing feels like and to either say, I don't want to do that again, mm-hmm. or I'm willing to take a chance to fail again. I want him to understand both, right? I want him to be able to take risks so that he fails and not be afraid of failure because failing is part of it. Like, there's never going to be perfect. And if you're never afraid to fail, you're never taking any risks like me. Like I'm too afraid now to take any risks. Like I don't want to get hurt. Right. So I full circle back on the podcast. So now I'm start, <laughs> you start to lose some of the enjoyment of like, I'm not going to throw myself off a 30 foot cliff anymore because so I've lost that thrill of, of the, of that. So I want him to be able to put himself out there and take risks so that he's understands that failure is a thing, but he's not, it's not the end. And also because some of the other psychology uh, things. There. But well, yeah, but there's a difference between putting the work in on something that's risky yeah. and not doing the assignment at all and failing. Yeah. And they know the difference. Like, yeah, I didn't do anything. I got a bad grade. And I'm I can't I'm a little concerned that the the they can be set back by a lack of effort. So if here's the oh, thing yeah. that I'm really concerned with and the reason why I want to help them is that they'll interpret a bad grade as that they are a failure. And if they don't put the work in and they get a poor grade, they don't understand that doing the actual work would have helped them. They just think, like, I tried and I failed. Yeah. They don't understand the you didn't try hard enough well, that, <laughs> situation. And that's the other part of it. That's the flip side of it. Like, yeah, you got to take risks to fa- and failure. You can pick yourself up again. But – 
and and that's the shame part. Like you failed because you didn't put enough effort in. And I want you to understand that feeling so that next time you're like, I really need to put more effort in so that I don't feel bad about failing when I could have done better. And it's a fine line, right? And that's, yeah, just so you feel good about the work that you're turning in. This is me. This is something that I did. Yeah. Or just don't turn it in. Don't turn in garbage, right? Yeah. Well, it, I hate yeah, turning in yeah. work that you, that I didn't have time to polish. Yeah, yeah. When you get into get into upper grades, you ask for extensions and whatnot. Well, Can I get an I extension? I almost did that today at work. I almost checked something in at like five thirty because I wanted to get out of there. But then I was like, <laughs> I don't know that this is done. I haven't done enough due diligence, due diligence enough effort yeah. here. So I'm not checking had, this I've, in. Yeah, <laughs> I've been teaching my daughter how to snowboard. Yeah, and she gets upset when she can't do things pretty quickly. And snowboarding is kind of painful in the beginning when you're doing it. And I've been trying to help her avoid the pain by being more, like, physically supportive of her while she's learning. Quite literally supportive. But at the same time, I've been very upfront with her. Getting right in her face and saying, you are going to fall down. There is no doubt about this. Like, you can't let that. It's going to hurt. You're going to fall down. You're going to bang your knees on the ground. That's why I'm wearing knee pads. Yeah, we could get you some. You just have to suck it up and try again, and try again until it hurts too much for you to try again. But focus on the things you're supposed to be focusing on. You will not get better until you've had enough time. It's a seven year old, by the way. Until you've had enough time to (laughs) work those like muscle groups enough where you can control them the right way. And she was kind of understanding it. I'm like, just. You're doing great. Like you are getting better, but you will still fall down, and it will feel like you can't do this. I think the snowboarding is, is sort of harder on younger kids because that board is small and they don't have a lot of edge to work with. I don't know. No, and they don't. They need you need to be moving. Yeah, they don't have the weight. And and, and yeah. when you're on like a bunny hill at low speed and there's even like yeah, a tiny yeah. lump of snow in yeah. your way, it does not it doesn't no. work. <laughs> it's funny because. My daughter, who I talked about a couple episodes ago, my other daughter, Helen, who's stubborn and was snowboarding, just was determined and just kept getting up and kept falling and laughing and getting up. But it was the same thing, like getting it and failing and keep trying, keep trying. Well, last week she had a gymnastics thing. And out of like the 60 kids there, she won a coach's award for most determined because they had yeah. to chase her off of the – like each person gets a chance to do something and she was on the parallel bars and she couldn't get her – she couldn't do it and she just kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and kept trying and kept falling and trying and try And they finally like, okay, you have to stop. Like you failed. Like you have to move on. <laughs> but then she won an award for being the most determined. Most determined. So – but – yeah. <laughs> it's it's it uh, they, you know the parenting's tricky. It's like you gotta let your kid fail to learn, but don't let them fail in a way that doesn't not productive, right? It's gotta be productive. Don't failing. let them fail in a way where they feel like it's where yeah. they're discouraged. It's not on them. It's on their effort and on their work. It's not their self. They're not their their self worth is not in their project. Their self worth is them as a person, and part of them as a person is trying hard. I think we as as a community here mm-hmm. in Act in Massachusetts, we've lost our way a little bit on that, and our kids have become so tied in. Their self worth has become so tied. And there was a big article in the Boston Globe. People can look it up if they want uh, about the suicides that were in town. And and I think it's because people have let their self worth get so tied up in their kids. Let their kids get their self worth so tied up in their yeah in their academics. And when their academics aren't the best, aren't perfect, you know that the kids don't know how to fail and stuff. And I try to try to make it focused on the effort. I have said to my son, like, is this the quality of work that you want? Like, did you? you know, is this what you want to represent you? Yeah. And I don't. I guess that's maybe the wrong way of saying it. Like. Have you put in – are you happy with the quality of the work that you've put into this is some of the ways that I phrased it. like. And he's looked at it a couple of times and been like, no, not yet. I want to do these other things. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Then let's do those things. And so back to the beginning though, it's like, is it is it, uh, is it too much? Is all this extra soccer stuff too much? Or doing these extra skills too much? Yeah. I don't know how it all fits in. So my son's doing indoor soccer. We got those Monday night. Somehow he's getting he's getting more efficient, and that's what we have to teach them. He's getting his homework done. He's getting his studying done. He's getting his projects done. We're taking ski trips. Yeah. 
he's playing indoor soccer, but they don't do anything else. There's no TV. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah, what I mean? he's, yeah, he yeah, reads. Yeah. That's good. He doesn't, he doesn't ever sit down and play video games or watch TV because we just don't do those things. So yeah, literally a hundred percent of our time is taken up with skiing, soccer and schoolwork. But does he the have three, free time, like to hang out with his kick around with his buddies and stuff? The three, the three S's. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, oh. Yes, I guess the weekends that we're not skiing, mm. but not really after school. After school, they walk home together. Yeah, and they goof off a little bit. Yeah. So then uh, yeah. Hmm. they have some free time. Yeah, I mean he's he's not in any after school programs right now, so there's nothing other than the soccer. So he's just getting his work done. That's all. He's just getting his homework done after school. So that doesn't take up a tremendous amount of time. So yeah, he does have some time for himself, and he usually spends it reading, which is good. Because a couple years ago, you remember Jason was heavy into the reading and reading all the time. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Max does as well, and we're running along. And then yeah. they <laughs> related to the reading. We've been in the car a lot because of uh, skiing, the ski trips. Yeah. A lot for me. It's like, whew, hours a week. And so, <laughs> they get car sick, or at least my daughter was. Yeah, my daughter yeah, gets yeah. car sick when yeah. she's reading books. So, I gave them both audiobooks for the car. All right. They are obsessed. Like, same way we, we would get upset. She's she's carrying an iPad around because that's where I've got the book for her. <laughs> and she's got it under her arm when she's not looking at the screen. Carrying everywhere as she gets out of the car, she's trying to carry. She's just you can see the look, glazed over look in her eyes while she's listening. Yeah, stumbling around the cottage like and it's like, ah, turn that off. <laughs> like you're driving me crazy. It's reading though; it counts. They say it counts. She's reading, yeah. She's like, ah, I want to listen to my book, and then she wakes up in the morning, grabs her checklist, grabs her headphones for her. Okay, drops her iPad. Yeah. Well, we're over. Cue yeah. the audiobook. Thank you for listening to our show. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at dads at dadsbeingdads.com. We're on Facebook too, forward slash dadsbeingdadspodcast. All four words, all jammed together. Or search dadsbeingdadspodcast. You can find us. Throw us a like and some comments. And of course, iTunes. Send us a review and some sweet, sweet stars. Twitter too, but uh, we'll have to get back on that. But you can find us.